The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. And today we're talking with Dr. Zoltan Rona. Uh, He is a graduate of McGill University Medical School and has a master's degree in biochemistry and clinical nutrition from the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. He has had a private medical practice in Toronto, Canada for the past 38 years. Today we're discussing his book, Vitamin D, The Sunshine Vitamin. So welcome to the show, Dr. Rona. It's nice to be here. Uh, can you tell us just um, why you decided to write a book on vitamin D? Well, I've written several books in the past, including uh, being the editor of the Encyclopedia of Natural Medicine, but um, I was asked by the publisher to do some research and to write about vitamin D, so I went ahead and did that. That's primarily the reason. <laughs> Um, so it, it seems in your book, I think you list that a very high percentage of the population is deficient in vitamin D. I think you said it was 70%. Um, why do you think that is? Well, there are several reasons for that. I think part of it is that we are getting less and less sunshine exposure and people are getting more and more afraid of going out in the sun because of concerns like uh, skin cancer and uh, getting burned and that sort of thing. The other thing is that more and more people are using sunscreens, and most of these sunscreens, uh, they prevent the sun from converting the cholesterol under your skin into vitamin D. So we're seeing more and more people that are vitamin D deficient as a result. And so um, the, everybody uses sunscreens because they're afraid of skin cancer, and do you agree with that? I agree with that partially. With uh, certain types of skin cancer, like basal cell, um, which is a relatively innocuous type of cancer, that is connected to excessive sunshine exposure. That's true. Uh, Cancers like melanoma, for example, most people that get melanoma, the site of the melanoma is not in areas that are exposed to the sun. So uh, sun does not really have a relationship directly to melanoma. Melanoma may be caused by things such as uh, vitamin D deficiency, uh, not enough omega-3 fatty acids, etc. But uh, I don't think it has anything to do with sunshine exposure. So uh, for certain cancers, yes. For others, no. Uh, If you have to use a sunscreen, you can use something which has zinc oxide in it and uh, possibly aloe and other natural ingredients which will not harm harm the skin or cause uh, carcinogenic products to enter into your system. 
So if you must be out in the sun for long periods of time, let's say more than two or three hours a day, then it would be good to wear some kind of natural sunscreen, but I would still avoid the synthetic or the pharmaceutical-grade sunscreens. Well, I think that that is one of the the catch-22s on this where people are trying to prevent cancer and they're using sunscreen. As you said, a lot of them have carcinogens in them which are causing cancer. Um, So we've got a funny little loop going on with those. That's right. If you can't pronounce the uh, ingredients of your sunscreen, chances are you shouldn't put it on your skin. If you can't eat it, uh, don't put it on your skin. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Um, now, can you just explain to us what actually vitamin D um, does for us? Well, vitamin D does a hell of a lot for us. It, uh, there are receptors all throughout the body for vitamin D. Uh, its role primarily, as most people understand it, is as uh, a nutrient that helps improve calcium absorption and helps our bone density. But vitamin D is also anti-inflammatory. So um, any kind of inflammatory condition, whether it be an autoimmune disease, arthritis, uh, bursitis, uh, any kind of inflammatory condition will be helped by vitamin D. In fact, the body becomes more inflamed with vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D is also what's known as a pro-hormone, so it interacts with multiple hormones throughout the body. And it may be crucial in preventing a lot of diseases that are associated with excessive amounts of certain hormones or hormone deficiencies. For example, prostate cancer and breast cancer depend a lot on the correct hormonal imbalance, uh, the, the correct hormone balance. So if you are uh, a little bit unbalanced in estrogen or testosterone or so on or any other hormone, chances are vitamin D is involved. So deficiency can make things worse, and if you get enough, it can rebalance your hormones and help prevent prostate and breast cancer. Well, that seems pretty significant. Um, you know, those are things people are actually quite worried about. Um, and, uh, you know, if we're not getting the, the sun, um, no wonder these are quite prevalent cancers that we're dealing with as well. Right. One of the problems is that there's, it's very hard to get vitamin D from the diet. Um, uh, you can get it to some degree from uh, uh, fish oils and from, uh, you know, um, fish liver oils, for example, uh, mushrooms. You can get it from there. You can get it from, from eggs. Um, unfortunately, the amount that you'd be getting there may not be adequate uh, to meet your needs. Okay. So is there a recommended dose of vitamin D? People should be well, taking, talking I'm about guessing. adults. Uh, most uh, authorities have been recommending between five and 10,000 international units per day. Um, so that would be the level of supplementation for most adults. Uh, there is a lot of concern about vitamin D toxicity, which is, I think, uh, misplaced because uh, in 38 years of practice, I have never once seen a case of vitamin D toxicity, even with levels of 50,000 international units a day or more. Uh, if you go out in the noonday sun and expose yourself for about an hour, your body will make approximately 20,000 international units of vitamin D a day. So a supplementation of five to 10,000, I don't think is very much. 
Okay, well, I think that's pretty significant because I know a few years ago there was this uh, vitamin D was making a big fad and everybody was talk- taking these what was considered high doses, which is what you're talking about, five to 10,000. And um, that was all the press and the backlash of, well, you're going to get toxicity and, and um, making people afraid of taking it as well. Well, if you're talking about 200,000, 300,000, I can understand how that could be toxic. The only toxicity of vitamin D that anybody should be concerned about is very high calcium levels. You do not want to get too high a calcium level because it can deposit in arteries and organs and so on and produce a lot of problems. But that almost never happens. I mean, I've never seen it happen with doses of five to 10,000. And in fact, I haven't seen it happen with doses of 50,000 units every day. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty significant to to understand that. Um, now, are there are some people that are more at risk of becoming deficient in vitamin D than others? Yes, certainly. Uh, as we grow older, the ability of the skin to make adequate amounts of vitamin D uh, diminishes. The other thing is, if you are very dark-skinned, um, you do not make as much vitamin D as your lighter-skinned brother or sister. Um, And if you are very obese, if you um, are carrying, you know, a significant amount of overweight, uh, your body just doesn't make as much vitamin D as someone who is more fit. So different people will have different levels of vitamin D that they can make through the skin. And as a result, some people definitely need to supplement or take more orally. Okay, and how does somebody know that their vitamin D is low? Uh, I think the best way of telling that is by doing the blood test called the 25-hydroxy vitamin D. That is the most accurate indicator of uh, your vitamin D status. So um, different labs will have different normal ranges, and if you fall below those ranges, obviously you need to supplement. If you're way above, then that's probably not an issue. Okay. Um, and I know some people talk about tanning beds um, just because there is a supposed sun exposure. Is that Does that work to get vitamin D levels? Well, if you live in, uh, you know, the Northern Territories or you live in Alaska, it's probably a good idea because you're never going to get adequate sunshine just because of the angle of the sun. So in the, at the equator, you probably wouldn't need a tanning bed, but certainly uh, further north, you but And it is adequate way, it is an adequate way of, of getting or making vitamin D under your skin. You just have to watch out that you don't get burned. So you should take proper precautions. And usually what I tell people in the beginning of summer, let's say you live, you know, in the southern United States where the sun is a lot stronger than it would be elsewhere, when you first go out in springtime to get some sun exposure, the best thing to do is just go out for five to ten minutes and let your skin become accustomed to the rays. Gradually, as your skin becomes a little bit darker over time, you can expose yourself to more and more sunshine. Um, and if the same same holds true for tanning beds. Uh, you would start off with very uh, low number of minutes, maybe you start off with five minutes and you do that for a few days and you go to 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and so on, you, you can actually very safely increase the blood level of vitamin D in your system. 
Um, you know, I find this um, interesting, especially living in, in Canada and as we're approaching winter, um, to be able to have other options other than supplementation to, to be able to do that. Because as you said, it's difficult to get it through food. And, um, you know, some people either aren't good at supplements or just something doesn't work right. But to know we can still expose ourselves in some way to the vitamin D, I think, would be really helpful for people. That's right. There's many options. Um, you also have to, I have to warn people that uh, if they're out in the sun a long period of time and they come indoors and they take a shower and they scrub their skin, uh, which has been exposed to sunshine, it's quite possible that they could be rubbing off the vitamin D off their skin. So they may not get the benefits that they are thinking of getting from sunshine. Oh, that's interesting. So is there a certain period of time between sun exposure and showering? That yeah, I would think at least, 24, at least 24 hours. I mean, it's quite easy. You can rinse your body, but just the areas which are uh, probably under the arms and in the, in, in the groin and so on, those areas can be scrubbed. Obviously, they haven't been exposed to sunshine, but the areas that are exposed to sun is probably just better just to rinse. That, that way you won't wash off the vitamin D. Okay. And so um, if the vitamin D is, is that susceptible, will it at some point, you know, soak into the body and then therefore be used? Yes, absolutely. And um, what happens is that if you have already too much vitamin D um, in your system, uh, the body has a kind of, a, you know, a feedback mechanism where it prevents uh, the vitamin D blood levels from going to. So in other words, if you uh, already have like a, a large amount of vitamin D in your bloodstream, uh, getting more and more sunshine exposure will not necessarily elevate the blood levels any further. Okay, um, well that's good to know. Um, and so we're actually going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Zoltan Rona. Uh, he is the author of the book, Vitamin D, The Sunshine Vitamin. He has a medical practice in Toronto, Canada, um, where he has been for 38 years. So we're going to be back shortly and tune in to learn more about vitamin D as we're approaching winter. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey. Breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice. Much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Dr. Zoltan Rona. He is the author of the book, Vitamin D, the Sunshine Vitamin. So, Dr. Rona, um, we talked about, you know, how important vitamin D is and how you can get it. it. Are there any symptoms if vitamin D is deficient that people can watch out for? Well, certainly um, depression, uh, seasonal affective disorder, Sometimes vitamin D is the cause and not uh, a lack of light. Um, also, uh, people who uh, have problems with uh, their hormones, uh, here I'm talking about uh, a low estrogen, low testosterone, uh, low progesterone, all of these can be related to a vitamin D deficiency. Um, if one is on drugs and is having all sorts of side effects, it's quite possible but the reason why some of the side effects are there are because of the damage to the liver and, um, and its relation to vitamin D. So uh, there's quite a few different symptoms. Fatigue is very common. Depression is very common. Um, sore muscles, weak, uh, weak muscles or um, aches and pains in the muscles, any kind of inflammatory condition. If you have arthritis, chances are quite high. If you don't take vitamin D, that your vitamin D is low. Uh, you should get a blood test to verify that. But just about any kind of autoimmune disease here, we're talking about things like MS or rheumatoid arthritis. Um, we're talking about also thyroiditis. Anything ending in itis, if you have either an autoimmune disease or you have another condition like tendonitis, bursitis, and so on, all of those things could be signs of a vitamin D deficiency. Okay, well, that seems pretty broad as well. So, um, you know, a lot of people could probably say they have one or two of the symptoms that you listed, but I guess that's why, as you said, get your vitamin D tested to find out where where it sits. Another one that's very important that I forgot to mention was uh, recurrent infections. People that have three, four, five, or more infections a year and are frequently on antibiotics, um, oftentimes it's due to a vitamin D deficiency. You see, vitamin D uh, in adequate amounts causes the body to make a protein called cathelicidin. This protein is made by your cells in response to vitamin D stimulation. So if you're low in vitamin D, you'll make less and less of this protein. The protein itself is a natural antibiotic. So in uh, the first sign of a flu or cold, what I've been telling my patients to do, and so have a lot of other doctors, and telling their patients to take 50,000 international units a day for about three days. And that tends to jack up the uh, level of your cathelicidin, which is your natural antibiotic, 
and therefore helps you fight almost any kind of infection. So people that have a very high level of vitamin D, much higher than, let's say, a deficiency or an insufficiency stage, those people usually can protect themselves from getting recurrent infections. And so in, in my practice, I have noticed that since I've been recommending vitamin D in very high amounts, in the wintertime in Toronto, I usually recommend about 10,000 units a day for adults. But these, these adults are getting less and less infections. They're getting less and less flu, less colds, uh, less chest infections. And so uh, there's no question that vitamin D has a huge impact on your infection rate. Okay. Um, well, that seems to fit about everybody else as well as we're, we're heading into cold seasons and, and it's getting darker and you said that seasonal affective disorder, which is, um, you know, depression when the days are darker are affected by vitamin D. So it seems like an important thing to take in the winter. And do you find people become more deficient in the winter than they did in the summer? Well, that's a generally uh, correct rule. I think uh, most people will become more and more deficient during the winter months, but um, I've also found that there's quite a few people that are deficient in the summer. I've taken blood levels in several people, several patients in my practice, and because it's summertime, they say, well, I don't need vitamin D. You do a blood test, and their blood levels are very low. Um, so there could be several reasons for that. Number one, people, as I mentioned before, are afraid of going out into the sunshine for fear of cancer or whatever else. Uh, the other thing is that, uh, you know, some people, uh, they're under a lot of stress. If you're under a lot of stress, you'll burn up a lot of vitamin D, you'll use up your hormones. And uh, it's quite possible that even in the summertime, with adequate sunshine exposure, you could become vitamin D deficient. Uh, especially if you have a darker skin because your skin will not make anywhere near as much as someone with a, a lighter complexion. Okay. Um, so as we're talking about this, the absorption of vitamin D, is there um, any drugs or anything that can interfere with how you absorb vitamin D? Well, yes, there's quite a few different drugs. Um, any kind of um, aluminum or magnesium antacid that you buy in the drugstore Certain drugs like barbiturates, uh, mineral oil, tobacco, some laxatives will actually flush out vitamin D from your system. Corticosteroids, a lot of people are using these steroid creams or taking uh, steroid inhalers or puffers and uh, steroids will decrease your vitamin D level. Alcohol will, certain cardiac drugs like digitalis and diuretics, various water pills, and even the herb St. John's wort can actually decrease your blood level of vitamin D. So it's quite a few drugs that will do that. Okay. Well, that seems like a catch-22 with a St. John's wort because you're taking it for depression, and if your vitamin D is deficient, you're probably going to experience depression from what you're saying. Well, interestingly enough, you know, vitamin D will boost your level of serotonin and your level of dopamine. So uh, vitamin D is a natural antidepressant. The more you take, the more those... Uh, neurotransmitter levels go higher and so you feel better, you feel less depressed. Um, that's one of the reasons why I think St. John's work works is because it raises the levels of dopamine um, and plus it, it also balances serotonin so you get the same kind of effect but if you're vitamin D deficient uh, I'm not sure how well St. John's work will work for you. Um, probably both are good but uh, I, I tend to lean in favor of using vitamin D for depression. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Um, now, in that list, um, I think you listed alcohol um, oh. as interfering with vitamin D. Are there um, any other lifestyle habits, aside from not being in the sun and th- those that we've spoken about, that can actually interfere with this? Well, certainly tobacco, so smoking uh, or vaping or whatever you want to call it, that will deplete your vitamin D level. So that's another one. Um I'm not sure if sleep, sleep, I don't think, has much of an effect or impact on vitamin D. Um, using various creams and lotions, obviously that will, aside from sunscreens, if you use a lot of, uh, you know, those steroid creams, uh, you probably will prevent the body from making uh, more vitamin D. But aside from that, I can't think of anything else. That's okay. Um, so uh, you you mentioned um, that vitamin D has a lot to do with hormones, and I know when we look at bone health, which is what especially a lot of women worry about, um, it's been actually linked to some hormone imbalances. So are you seeing a link with vitamin D and bone health? Oh, absolutely. Also, uh, vitamin D uh, will cause problems with. Uh, uh, libido or interest in the opposite sex, and it'll lower your estrogens, it'll lower your testosterone. In men, it can, uh, deficiency can cause erectile dysfunction. So, uh, there's quite a few different hormonal connections there. Hmm. Um, so, you know, that's quite interesting. Uh, it sounds like everybody should be taking vitamin D from, from what it's you're the saying. Major, it's the number one thing that you can do to improve your health get adequate amounts of vitamin D because you'll prevent well over 300 different diseases. Uh, death from any cause, the frequency of that is directly related to how much vitamin D you have in your system. So there have been all kinds of studies on this. Cancer, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, arthritis, just about any kind of autoimmune disease, especially MS that's been in the news lately as well. All of these diseases can be prevented or improved by getting adequate amounts of vitamin D. Now, I'm not saying that it cures the disease. I'm just saying that the symptoms and the frequency uh, improves a great deal with adequate levels of vitamin D in the system. So um, I know that, uh, well, in your book, you talk about vitamin D and and cholesterol and, and heart health being related to each other. Can you just explain how that works? Well, um, there is a connection between vitamin D and heart health in the sense that heart disease is, in general, spurred on by inflammation. So vitamin D is a strong anti-inflammatory agent. Um, it will reduce the incidence of high blood pressure. Um, it works through the hormones to do that. And because it does that, if you lower blood pressure, you lower the uh, chances of getting some kind of cardiovascular event like a heart attack. Um, so vitamin D does prevent heart attacks. It also normalizes blood sugar if you get adequate amounts of it. So that also then prevents hardening of the arteries and heart problems as well. So it, uh, it's been shown that the higher your vitamin D blood level, the lower your risk of you know heart disease, diabetes, stroke, um, high blood pressure, and just about any kind of inflammatory condition. And since inflammation is at the root of all heart disease, uh, it's very important to get adequate amounts of D to prevent that inflammation. Okay. And and you mentioned um, that vitamin D is linked to a lot of autoimmune diseases. Um, can you, Are there ones that you 
you know, can see as um, it's a major issue for, and can you explain that for us? Yes. I think it's a major issue for rheumatoid arthritis, for multiple sclerosis, and for um, lupus is another one, and thyroiditis. I see a lot of cases of thyroiditis in my practice. When I put them on higher dose vitamin D, selenium, and a few other trace minerals like zinc, usually what happens is that the thyroiditis uh, gets better and better to the point where the inflammation is under good control. So those okay. are the major ones, but there are many other autoimmune diseases that improve with uh, um, some of the more rare diseases like Sjogren's syndrome and uh, uh, various types of vasculitis. I've had a few patients over the years with uh, autoimmune vasculitis uh, where there's inflammation in their in their arteries and high-dose vitamin D seem to settle that down. So I've had quite a few cases in my practice where we've been able to control many of the uh, ser- more serious aspects of these autoimmune diseases just by upping their vitamin D blood levels. Okay. Um, well, and a lot of the things that, that you're talking about, I mean, we're talking about heart disease, diabetes, autoimmunity, these are really common issues that um, we're seeing more and more of every day. And, um, right. you know, and you're saying in your book, 70% of people are deficient in vitamin D. Uh, so it seems like it should be the first thing that people pick up in their journey is take some vitamin D and see how that helps. I don't think they can go wrong. I, I think uh, the average person, the average Canadian out there, uh, if they wanted to do anything to help their health, they would take five to 10,000 international units of vitamin D, regardless of what the blood tests say. Uh, you cannot overdose on vitamin D at that level. And even if, even if uh, your vitamin D level was adequate, uh, the worst thing that happens is you've spent $10 a month on uh, a uh, uh, supplement which uh, really has no uh, significant downside. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Dr. Zoltan Rona. He is the author of the book Vitamin D, The Sunshine Vitamin. Um, and from the sounds of it, this is a vitamin that everybody should be taking. So uh, please tune in to learn more. We'll be back shortly. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey. Breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice. Much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. 
Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Dr. Zoltan Rona. He's the author of the book, Vitamin D, The Sunshine Vitamin. So, Dr. Rona, you know, we've talked about these, um, what some people consider high doses for vitamin D, but you're you're saying that they're safe um, between five and 10,000 international units. Um, I'm just wondering um, if th- that should be split up through the day, because sometimes absorption can be an issue, or if there's a certain time of day that's better for people to take that. Okay, as far as absorption goes, the best kind of vitamin D supplement to take is what's called emulsified vitamin D. Um, that basically makes it nearly 100% absorbed. I recommend that uh, people take vitamin D supplements early in the morning, uh, usually with breakfast, or they could take it on an empty stomach if they're using the emulsified form. The reason why I, do, why I recommend that is because if you take vitamin D closer to bedtime, it, it can be too stimulating and can... Uh, prevent you from uh, sleeping well. So always take your vitamin D early in the morning and try to get the emulsified form. It's not really (laughs) beneficial to take it throughout the day. It doesn't really make that much of a difference. Some people like to do that. They want to take 5,000 in the morning, 5,000 at lunch. That's okay too, but I don't see any clear advantage there. Okay. Um, And uh, you mentioned earlier as well that there's some cancers that vitamin D can help with. Is there anything more we should know about that? Well, I think the major cancers that it has been shown to help with uh, are uh, prostate cancer and breast cancer. In fact, every breast cancer and prostate cancer patient should be on high doses. Uh, for example, with prostate cancer, there's a blood test called the PSA, and there have been studies to show that the higher the vitamin D, the lower the PSA, meaning lower cancer activity. And I think the same holds for uh, breast cancer. Now, what, what vitamin D does for cancer is it improves the what they call cell differentiation, which means that the more differentiated a cell is, the less likely it is to be invasive. So uh, vitamin D tends to increase differentiation. It also tends to stimulate cancer cell death. That's called apoptosis. Uh, so vitamin D um, causes the cells, the cancer cells, to basically drop dead. Uh, it decreases the spread of cancer in many different ways. It decreases its invasiveness. And <clears throat> primarily, it seems to prevent uh, metastases. There have been good studies on this to show that vitamin D will actually prevent the spread of cancer. And one of the ways it does that 
is by inhibiting what's called angiogenesis. That's the formation of new blood vessels. Cancer cells tend to make these new blood vessels to uh, uh, spread throughout the body. So what vitamin D does is it prevents uh, these blood vessels from forming. So those are all the mechanisms by which it works. So it's a uh, terrific anti-cancer supplement. Just about any kind of cancer will respond nicely to vitamin D. But it has to be fairly high doses in order to do that. Okay. And are you talking higher doses than what you've talked about so far? Well, I would think that, you know, doses of 60,000 a day would not be too much. Now, whenever I put people on 60,000 a day, I caution them not to take a calcium supplement. It's probably better that they just took that, but not no, no calcium supplements um, so okay. that we don't get an elevation in the blood levels of calcium. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know. So high doses of vitamin D, but not with calcium. Right. Okay, um, and uh, in your book, you have a special section about women's health. So is vitamin D especially important for women? Absolutely. Uh, you see, remember that uh, vitamin D is something that uh, regulates the balance of different hormones. So, uh, for example, women uh, who have fibroids can always be helped by vitamin D supplements. Uh, vitamin D deficiency is found in virtually every woman that suffers from fibroids in the uterus. These are benign tumors, but they can uh, grow quite large and uh, uh, produce some problems with, uh, with pain and with abnormal bleeding and so on. And these fibroids tend to appear uh, just perimenopausally and at menopause, uh, but they, they will gradually shrink as the woman gets older. But oftentimes, if you give vitamin D in high doses, it will help prevent the fibroids from getting enlarged. So in a way, it's a good therapy for fibroids. Um, vitamin D is also very important to uh, uh, regulate your estrogen level. So if um, you have uh, inadequate amounts of estrogen, they are linked to low vitamin D levels. So. Uh, vitamin D will normalize those hormones. So some of the bad effects of low estrogen would include things like uh, memory loss, uh, osteoporosis, uh, weak muscles, uh, bones that are fragile, and that sort of thing. So vitamin D will help with all that. Okay. Um, and I know that there's a, a, protocol, a health protocol out there that actually recommends taking absolutely no vitamin D. It's called the Marshall Protocol. Can you just speak about that for us? Well, the Marshall Protocol is the invention of, um, I believe, an engineer. He's not even a medical doctor. As, as far as I know, there isn't a single shred of evidence that it has any benefits. I have seen people who are trying to do the Marshall Protocol as a treatment for chronic fatigue syndrome and other uh, strange diseases. And, and frankly, uh, these people are basically wearing wraparound sunglasses. They wrap their whole body up so that you don't expose any amount of skin uh, to sunshine. And this is really, in my opinion, uh, absolute nonsense. Uh, I've never seen a single patient benefit from it. I know there are some people that have, have tried it for as long as uh, six months, but it's a very bizarre thing to be doing, and there's no evidence that it works. Okay. Well, you know, I think that's important to point out is, um, you know, uh, having suffered from Lyme disease and, and treating people with Lyme, I know that's a protocol that does get used. And then, um, you know, you look at how important vitamin D is for 
just the immune system and then inflammation and autoimmunity, which are all part of, of chronic Lyme disease, and you're de- depriving people of vitamin D, to me, it seems like the opposite of what you should be doing. I think so. Uh, as far as Lyme disease goes, once again, it's an infection. And so if you build the vitamin D up high enough, you increase the amount of protein that you make that's a natural antibiotic, that cathelocytin I was speaking about earlier, um, if you increase the levels of that, you can fight pretty much any infection, parasites, bacteria, fungi. It doesn't really matter. Um, You can actually increase your own antibiotics against any kind of infection, and you will probably benefit Lyme disease and many other diseases just by doing that. Okay. Um, And and I know... um I just want to talk a little bit more about MS. We actually have really high rates um, here uh, where I am, and I know Canada as well. And um, vitamin D is often recommended for MS. And so what kind of changes Mm -hmm. do you see with that? Well, it's interesting. Most of the cases of MS occur in the northern latitudes, so they would occur in Canada mostly. I don't know anybody who will get MS in Hawaii, which is very close to the equator. So it's the amount of sun exposure that you get and it's the amount of vitamin D created by the sunshine that will protect you against MS and other autoimmune diseases. Now, this has been uh, proven uh, by multiple researchers. Um, And even now, I think MS clinics in in this city are starting to recommend higher doses of vitamin D. The last I heard, uh, somebody recommend 8,000 units, which I thought was a uh, landmark decision because in the past, what they had recommended was that not to take any kind of supplements of vitamin D, which I think is incorrect. But we now have more and more evidence coming out that taking vitamin D will help improve the symptoms of MS and virtually all autoimmune diseases. So I, uh, I think if you have MS, it's not going to hurt you to take 10,000 units or more a day. You know, I think it's a matter of just being monitored. And after a few months you probably will notice some improvement in some of the symptoms. I have several patients who, in my practice who've experienced that and are very grateful to uh, vitamin D for, you know, its uh, anti-inflammatory effects. Hmm. Um, it, you know, the, it, I knew how important vitamin D was before, but the more I hear um, you tell us how important it is, I mean, the list in your book is basically things that everybody is experiencing at some point. We all have to fight colds and flu, so the immunity yeah. part, and we all have inflammation, and, and cancer and heart disease and diabetes are all actually pretty scary things for most people. Um, if you ask them, it'll be at least one of those that they're worried about because it's in their family or they've seen it happen to somebody. So um, is there any advice you would have for anybody who thinks that this might be something that they should approach and how they would get started on this process? Well, the best thing to do is to uh, see your doctor or a naturopath. Uh, Anybody that can order a 25-hydroxy vitamin D blood level that's important, and also get your calcium and magnesium levels checked uh, to see whether or not um, there's any impact of low vitamin D on those. Um, and basically, um, start on supplements if, if your vitamin D is not optimal. So um, your doctor will probably tell you that. If your vitamin D is borderline normal, uh, strongly suggest that you start taking 
uh, 10,000 units a day if you're an adult. In children, you would take uh, approximately half of that if you're under 12. Usually toddlers or infants, they could take 1,000, 2,000 units a day. Uh, vitamin D is very important for children because, as you know, as soon as they go back to school in September, first thing that happens is they catch something from one of their friends. So it's quite common that uh, kids go back to school and with a few weeks they have a middle ear infection or a strep throat or something. So very important when you start school. For most kids between the ages of 12 and, let's say, 18, they take between five and 10,000 units a day. But if you want to be careful with that, you check your blood levels, although it's not absolutely essential because I can bet any money that 70% of those kids that are going back to school are vitamin D deficient. Right, um, which is pretty important. And and as you said, all year round, because even in the summer we're wearing sunscreen or we're wearing hats and we're covering up. So um, to take the supplement all year round just to prevent that. Absolutely. And um, so just um, to, to recap a little bit, um, we, we talked about seasonal affective disorder and hormones and fatigue and depression. So um, anybody who's experiencing those or heart disease or diabetes, um, so basically anyone, I think, from what you're saying, should um, you know, start taking some vitamin D and, and see how that helps them, especially as we're now approaching winter and things are getting started. I think it uh, should be a staple for everybody. One thing I, I forgot to, to mention was uh, Alzheimer's. There is a connection between low vitamin D and Alzheimer's. Uh, like I said, vitamin D is anti-inflammatory, and Alzheimer's is basically a disease of inflammation in the brain and damage to certain structures. So high, higher levels of vitamin D have been shown to improve Alzheimer's symptoms. So memory and uh, behavior, depression, uh, different types of mood disorders, ADHD, um, all those conditions, anything to do with inflammation in the brain would be helped by vitamin D supplementation. So I just want to point that out, that uh, most of the so-called mental illnesses that uh, people are plagued with out there, really what they're dealing with is brain inflammation. And one of the best things for brain inflammation is vitamin D. Okay. Um, now, if anybody has any uh, questions about this, is there a way that they can get a hold of you or find any more information about your book? Sure. Um, what they can do, uh, they can go to uh, a website called highlevelwellness.ca. Highlevelwellness, all one word, .ca. And uh, you could, you could uh, basically uh, communicate to me through that website. There's a section there where you can click on something and send me an email if you need uh, need to or get a copy of my book. You can also ask for that on the website. Okay. Um, so we were talking today with uh, Dr. Zoltan Rona, um, who has a medical practice in Toronto, Canada. We we're discussing his book, Vitamin D, The Sunshine Vitamin. Um, and it seems like something everybody should uh, pick up and start using. Um, so hopefully this show has helped to bring more awareness um, for you and your family. Um, thank you so much for listening. Dr. Rona, I want to thank you for such a great show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Great. Um, And so everybody, thanks for listening and be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. 
feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.